0: Comedy Alive from a Land Flowing with Milk and Honey. I'm Johanna Stauffer, and with me, as always, is just a load of ants. And this is a mildly alarming podcast. episode 12 teen he who sniffed it whiffed it
1: (laughs) podcasting again okay that's what we're doing that's what's going on here podcasting right welcome back to the my little army podcast everybody i'm Uh, It says here Tom Rich, and we're really glad to have you here, here with my co-host,
0: Johannes Stauffer.
1: And we're back, we're back after a brief hiatus there which we had to take uh, because Johannes decided that it was really important right then, right at that point, to uh, go to the mountains of southern France and learn how to properly wax butts, Uh, which I didn't understand because they don't wax butts in southern France. That is the land of the hairy-butted people. Uh, Butts go unwaxed year-round, but he thought that was a good place to go. So he took off, he spent all of our podcasting funding to get butt-waxing lessons in the south of France, and now he's back so we can keep bringing you the high-quality content that you expect out of the Mildly Alarming
0: Podcast. And now I'm I'm doing it as a uh, licensed butt-waxer. Only in France, though, turns out it doesn't transfer. Yeah, we don't we don't recognize
1: French butt waxing schools here. No, no. So, like, were you really hoping to adopt a new career as a butt waxer, or was this just like a dream you you needed to check it off your bucket list?
0: Uh, I, I just wanted to have the uh, appellative on the end of my my name there. Butt waxer, licensed butt waxer, licensed
1: butt waxer. Yeah.
0: True. Are you allowed to say that
1: though in America? Because we don't we don't recognize the license here. Uh, I I think I
0: can say whatever I want.
1: Well, you could have said, you're on a licensed butt waxer before then.
0: Yeah, but it would have been a lie. Now it's true, whether or not it has any bearing on my legal ability to wax butts.
1: Oh, yeah. How'd you like butt waxing? Like, was it it fun? They're not real good at it. Well, no. I mean, it's the land of the hairy-butted people, south of France. Yeah.
0: So I I wouldn't have expected them to be any good. It was mostly a theoretical, you know, we spent a lot of time in the classroom. Mm -hmm. There wasn't really any...
1: Oh, that's unfortunate.
0: Hands on. You didn't get all... As it were. You didn't get all grabby on a tush? No. Hmm. So, like, what is... They had a dummy. Okay, yeah. But it was already hairless, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, like, what is the theory behind butt wax? Like is, it, is it like when I wax my chest, Uh, you know, you just put the wax on there, and then you leave it there for three or four days, and then it crumbles off and takes the top layer of skin with it along with the hair? Or is there a different system going on?
0: Well, my understanding had been that it was something to do with hair removal, but uh, the 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 theory there seemed to be more about uh, low friction for higher speed. Oh, yeah, you know, kind of like when you wax like your skis.
1: Gotcha. You know that makes sense though, because that was where the short-lived Olympic sport of extreme butt sliding, right, really began. Yeah. Um. And of course as we all know extreme butt sliding was removed after the 1953 Olympics that tragic accident mm-hmm. moment of silence We'll never forget those brave guy named Carl it was just, just the, one, the one Yeah really not not a popular sport not a big one. So it's it's about speed though
0: It wasn't a good year for the Olympics No no 53 was,
1: 53 is a bad one Yep Very rough time the 53 Olympics which were in uh, Cleveland that year.
0: <laughs> Which was a, a mistake.
1: Yeah, that was that was really the problem
0: because extreme
1: butt sliding does not do well in Cleveland's semi-tropical Midwestern climate. No. They just... Uh, they Well, let's be honest here. They rocketed right off the side of the course and into space. They yeah. were going mm-hmm. too fast, far exceeding the safety standards set out by the International Butt Sliding Federation. And they some say they're still flying through space to this day they being carl right just, just the one guy mm-hmm. he'd have gotten gold if it hadn't been for that
0: well he would have gotten a gold gotten gold regardless because he was not competing against anyone well no
1: but he didn't finish right he was dq'd i mean if you just go rock, well i guess technically were he to return to earth and slide across the finish line in cleveland yeah he would win i mean the event's not over yet yeah he's just he's just been it's a long butt slide right that he's got going on these days
0: well as i understand it from my brief time in the south of france you he would have been disqualified anyway even if he comes back it's too late because uh you're only ever allowed to leave contact with the track Mm -hmm. for like i think it's like a tenth of a second at a time oh wow it's that it's that narrow yeah yeah. it's got to be you got to stay in contact See, I I feel like. want airtime. It's dangerous.
1: Well, sure. Well, as we've seen. Yeah. I feel like that's really hard to measure, though, especially in the olden days. Like,
0: how do you. Yeah, it may not have been quite so uh, specific at that time. Gotcha.
1: It was just that if you left the track, you had to immediately come back to it. You couldn't leave for an extended period of time. Right. As determined, probably just as determined by the judges. They they
0: probably got some leeway. So if you were coming up to like a. A bump in the track or or something you had to you had to slow yourself down so you don't go flying off mm-hmm. the top of a hill or whatever it's, right, yeah,
1: but on your waxed butt right, right, which has been really where this whole conversation started and and moved on there see i was was wondering if the if the butt waxing was for for shine and and butt protection like like the waxing of a car sure. Uh, I was thinking that might have been what it was about. But well, there's
0: certainly an aspect of that. You know, if you're going to wax a butt well, it should have, uh, it, it should be glossy and and mm-hmm. and uh, nice to look upon. How do you know
1: how far to wax? Like, where does the butt end and the thigh begin, or or how far around toward the
0: front do you go before you stop waxing? Oh, just just the butt. So it's about halfway around to the front. Uh-huh. With depending on the person, it's it can be. It can be very confusing, or it can be very clear. Gotcha. You know, some people have a very uh, distinct, round, you know, bottom of the cheekular area, mm-hmm. uh, where other people have um, flatter butts, and it, it is harder to tell where the uh, where the the butt ends and the rest of the leg begins. Gotcha. But uh, I think it's generally roughly, you know, the size of uh, their, you know, the back of their shorts.
1: Okay. Okay, I gotcha.
0: As a rule of thumb.
1: Do you go? Do you like wax over the crack, to to, to as, and make kind of a seal so it's flat, or do you go in, or uh,
0: that's, what's the th- That's up to there? The, the the preference of the athlete. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. So it varies.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there different different classes of of butt slider? Like, do some can you only compete if you choose to have a covered butt crack? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't hold it. I couldn't do it. <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, that's over with.
1: No, no, no. Though, I, I am curious. Nope. It's too <laughs> late. It's done. <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about tonight? What's the, what's the subject?
0: Uh, memory. Memory games. Not to be confused with memory games. Can we use breastfeeding as a mechanic in a board game? Like, is that a thing we could do? We can. I mean, we could write that into the rules. I don't think either of us could no dude if you uh,
1: i don't remember what you have to be you could totally get a dude to lactate so i've heard it's absolutely a thing that can happen
0: uh, i want nothing to do with it
1: uh, well what if you were in the desert then except you, hey free milk <laughs> yeah exactly you would never have to get the milk out for
0: your cheerios you just squeeze it's probably a good weight loss uh thing
1: <laughs> what was that it was something? me oh okay gotcha uh yeah probably uh since, yeah. anyway uh so what was the topic today I forget. Okay.
0: Which is a hilarious joke because it's memory.
1: Right, but what's the topic?
0: Yeah. So can we be done with that joke and just talk about I, I
1: the... really feel like we should ride it into the ground a little bit more than we already have. Uh-huh. So what's the topic? Uh, I think it's a miserable pile of secrets. Okay. See, I saw you pull your gun <laughs> thinking I was about to say sepulchre. Yep. Uh, and decided that I wanted to live for. I was going to kill you.
0: <laughs> this was going to be the last one. This was
1: going to be the end. This is how. That's how the podcast yeah. finishes up. So memory mechanics in games mechanics that rely upon the player being able to retain some piece of information that is no not referenceable. Yeah. So you can't go back and get it again. You just have to know it. And if you forget it, you're just s o g. That's a brand of uh, pocket knife. See? You you're a knife. You're going to be used to stab somebody in a bar. That's what all knives are used for. All of them. Every, every s- single one. Each and every knife so It's go- not a
0: knife until it has been used for that purpose, until in it fact, has tasted which is blood. Confusing, actually. Yeah.
1: But go to your kitchen, look at your knife drawer. Every one of those has killed a man. Think about that next time you're putting toast on your Wheaties. Who? Never mind.
0: Why would never mind? Go ahead. You want nope, to know? No, nope, nope, nope. You nope, do. No. You do
1: though a little bit. Like I can see it. You, you, you don't. You want to not want to know,
0: but you do yeah, want to know. That's about yeah. The size of it.
1: Yep. Yep. Give in to your anger.
0: So generally, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> you really don't. Uh, generally, well, okay, not generally. When I read memory mechanics and memory games, my first thought was obviously the game memory. I don't remember how to play that. I hate you so much. (laughs) Wherein you have cards or tiles face down on the table. Generally two of a kind and you have to match them until you get to flip Mm -hmm. a couple per turn. And if you get you know, a star and a star or whatever you're using and then you keep them. Pretty much the only time I ever played memory after like we were forced to for elementary school is in Super Mario games.
1: Oh, oh yeah. They did always have that as a, like a mini, mini game and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, there's not much there. Um, no. But there's, I mean, it's a game. There's certainly an element of gameplay
0: there. Yeah.
1: It's kind of fun. I mean, it's fine.
0: I I, I haven't seen it used In another game, I feel like that as a mechanic is too much game to just be a small part. I mean, obviously, okay, it's been used as a part of Mario, Mm -hmm. but it's not really a mechanic of its own to to fit into another board game. Um, So I guess we're talking more generically about what what you were saying. Memory, just anything you... Anytime you have Mm -hmm. brief access to information, but then you have to remember it because whether you looked at the top card of a deck and then had to put it back or whatever I wonder, else, I wonder
1: if you could use it as a mini part of a uh like a deck builder uh-huh, so you've got a spread in the middle of the table of cards face down and you can flip two on your turn and if you get a match, you get to grab them and put them in your deck, maybe not an exact match, but maybe match some element of the card like if they're both blue
0: or both elves right yeah, that could them. work i I don't know how I
1: don't know how good it would be, but I wonder if that could would be, be, be a way that, Certainly. that it could work. And that might be what just one method of getting cards too. You might yeah, have multiple yeah. ways to approach it. Um so it, it really kind of you know, to, to expand upon it though, the memory type mechanics, you know, they're, they're anything where where your ability to recall what happened before is, is the key thing and that you don't have any kind of reference. Yeah. So I was I was tempted when we started this segment to use alchemists as an example. Because the game depend, plays very heavily on, on using deduction to figure out what the components do mm-hmm. as you're mixing your potions. But really, it doesn't actually apply because you've got your little board where you can track everything. Right. And what the interactions were. So I'm actually wrong about that, uh, which is a new
0: feeling for me. I've never been wrong before. He'll just forget again that he was wrong. Hmm? Yeah, Yeah. So uh, a time when, thankfully, most of the, the games that we played that, that use any sort of memorization tend to be cooperative yes so uh, you talk about samurai 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 spirit uh where certain of the characters can look at the top card Mm -hmm. and then can choose to put it i believe they can put it back on top or put it on the bottom or do they have to put it on the bottom
1: uh that guy puts it on the bottom
0: um and so what that means is that card is going to come up again Mm mm-hmm and so now you have to remember, you know, which ones have I looked at? In what order did I put them on the bottom of the deck? So when we get there, you know, how many of them are there? So we know, mm-hmm. otherwise, it's not very useful information. Right. And I played that character last time we played that game. And I had to be like, okay, guys, I'm putting this, you know, mm-hmm. difficulty four guy with uh, the fire icon on the bottom. Remember that for me, because I won't. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, another one that does it well that I just remembered? Pandemic
0: what do they do with
1: Well there's a couple of I think there's event cards. Oh, there's
0: similar where it's like take we, one off the top and put it on the bottom or
1: or or just look at the top couple and put them yeah, back yeah. in any order put them
0: back in any any order.
1: And well also Pandemic does the thing where the discard pile gets shuffled and put back on top uh-huh. of the main deck and so being able to remember which cities were already you'd already been to once yeah gives you an advantage that you can make a make a more educated guess about where outbreaks are about to happen right. again. Yeah, that's right. So
0: your ability to keep that that in mind also helps. I don't have as big a trouble, a trouble, a big a problem with it in uh, in pandemic remembering. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because, I don't know, there, there's something about the ones in the discard actually went off already. So you sure. have a, something to connect that memory to that. Like, yes, I placed mm-hmm. a cube or cubes on Karachi. Right. So two, I know yeah, yeah, two turns will, ago or whatever.
1: Often there will be still be cubes on it. So you'll know uh, yeah. it's probably one we already seen because yeah. it's, you know, already got plague on it.
0: I don't find that as difficult as remember. Remember what we put in the on the bottom of the deck and mm-hmm. in what order?
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, what was that other game? Onirim. Oh, that little game. Oh, there's a lot yeah, of memory yeah. in that because you're all cause it's it's two player co-op that involves sifting through a deck to find certain cards in certain orders at certain times. Real brain burner of a puzzle, but there's a lot of you can look at the top couple cards and put them back in any order or you can move a card to the bottom or this kind of stuff where knowing what's coming up and remembering what you've seen before without being able to make a lot of reference to it is, is super yeah. important. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think, you know, looking at some of these mechanics, uh, actually before I dive into that, blueprints is another good one where memory matters uh, because there's only a certain number of dice of each color and as they get taken by other players and added to their buildings, you don't know what they are because they're behind their, their player boards. But if you can remember who's taken what and of how much... Yeah. You have a better idea of what you can afford to invest and what kind of resources you might want to put your time toward. You know, If I forget that Johannes has already taken three of the recycling recyclable materials from the bag and start trying to invest in that for my building, I'm not going to get as many points.
0: I feel like in that situation, more than, and it's definitely memory is an aspect of it, but more than memory, there's just noticing it in the first place. True. And I think that's probably the case with a lot of uh, those memory mechanics in games. Um, that one just stands out to me, that you know it's all well and good if you have three recycled material but if i never noticed you take them like so many times in that game i only remember to pay attention to what other players are taking Mm -hmm. halfway through a round and then i'm like well none of this information is useful to me sure because i don't i wasn't even paying attention to what they were taking earlier so I tend to start noticing what other players took when I'm like, no, but I wanted that one. And then I go, oh, have they been doing that all along? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Right. You were going somewhere with that.
1: So what what do you think makes for a good use of a memory mechanic? And what do you think might might lead us astray in using these kind of mechanics?
0: I don't tend to like them because my, my short-term memory is terrible. So I wouldn't be inclined to design one into a game intentionally. Mm -hmm. most of the time um i would i personally like them better when it's not such specific information that you have to remember like the the going back to the samurai spirit example having to remember like what card value and in what order they went in Mm -hmm. is a bit much sure where in onirim where it's like i just need to vaguely remember the number of nightmare cards that are still in the deck Like I know there are whatever it is. I know there are six of them, and we've seen two, so there are four left. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not so bad for me. But at the same time, I feel like that just makes the the mechanic less competitively useful. It's too general. I don't know. It's one of those things kind of like when we talked about um, dexterity games, where there's a point where some people are just going to be way better at those games than other people, and there's really not a lot you can do about it. Mm -hmm. And at that point... You know, I just have to stop playing the game because I can't be competitive if that's a right. driving mechanic.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, more more so than a lot of the other mechanics we see. Like anybody can roll some dice and move around, but some people just have that better better working memory than
0: others. And it's easier to break too, because if if you just say, "Well, yeah," you can write it down. Now, now the whole memory aspect is out.
1: Right. Like with like with uh, alchemists, you've got that recording method. Right. So it's a different kind of kind of game. Still interesting, but
0: yeah. So there's like there's nothing in Samurai Spirit, I don't think, to say that you you couldn't have a list to write down mm-hmm. what cards you've moved to the bottom. So it's not even necessarily really an intentional mechanic. You you can just you know mm-hmm. remember it, or if you can't, right, you can keep track of it another way.
1: So do you? That's what it, kind of the cool things about board games too is that if you found Samurai Spirit to be more fun if you wrote down stuff like that yeah. and kept that record, that's you can play
0: it that way. Yeah.
1: But if you think that's lame you don't you can play it no
0: no papers oh you know what else has a kind of an interesting uh um, What's that memory mechanic is uh space alert if you oh, play yeah. it at, the, at like the second or third level or whatever it is you're playing your cards face down yeah that's so true. you have to remember what you've programmed mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to look at them again now th- now there's an instance you know it's one of those spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. I don't think it says anywhere you couldn't have a notepad to write down what you'd played, but it does explicitly say don't look at the undersides of your cards. Right. I think it's understood that you're supposed to try to remember it.
1: Well and if you tried to write it down, I mean you'd be Yeah it's a big waste down. of time. That's yeah. that's
0: one of the benefits uh, on one side of things, we'll call it a benefit from a design aspect of a of a timed game like sure. that. Sure. Where it's just like, I'm, I'm not going to waste the time to write this down. And so that mechanic can kind of stand on its own without having too many, you know, and don't write it down on a piece of notebook paper. Mm-hmm. No one's going to do that because that's a waste of time. Right. In the space that you have available to you.
1: Do you think, in 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 the spirit of rules writing, if the designer doesn't mention whether or not you're allowed to take notes during the game, like they don't make any mention of it in the rules. Do you think it's implicitly allowed or implicitly disallowed? Or is it completely up to the playgroup?
0: I think it's gotta be up to the playgroup, because I could make an argu- a convincing argument, I think, for both sides. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, if it's not if it's not stated, I feel like it's it's up for grabs. If if nothing says don't do this, then you're welcome to do it unless so say you were playing space alert. Mm-hmm and you were you were inclined to do that it's made pretty clear that you're not supposed to use outside means to try to remember it sure so now you get into the gray area again of like yeah okay so it's not outright written but the spirit of the thing makes it clear mm-hmm. now the the flip side of that uh is to say that if you're playing a board game i if you're writing the rules for a board game first of all you don't want to have to as a designer and you as a Board game player, you don't want the designer to feel like they have to write every single nitty gritty little rule for everything mm-hmm. they can imagine someone trying to loophole their way through. And also, you're playing a game, it's generally understood that unless they tell you to go get bowls from your kitchen or whatever you're playing the game with what was provided in the box. Right. So, I, yeah, you can argue both sides, and I feel like you really, your play group has to make a call based on the game and the group. Sure. And if you are playing with a group that really thinks that you shouldn't be allowed to write down the cards you've put on the bottom of the deck in Samurai Spirit, but you aren't capable of remembering the stuff you need to remember without mm-hmm. doing that, don't play that character, or, you know, ask them to help you remember. Right or if they're real jerks about it just don't play games with those people just smack them they're not even necessarily wrong but maybe you're not a good fit for their group
1: Just suplex them right through the earth's molten core you could
0: also do that
1: that's how you do it take my correspondence course i'll teach you how
0: the suplex would be a great name for like a really big soup restaurant just with a lot of lux, a lot yeah. of different soups.
1: It's like and it's like got a huge vaulted ceiling. Yeah. Like enormous space there, a lot of
0: tables. I feel like it would be like a buffet style, but just with hundreds of soups to choose mm-hmm. from.
1: Yeah, I'd go there. I would. Like do they have cheddar broccoli? Of course. French onion?
0: Oh yeah, they'd have to.
1: Chicken noodle. Mhm.
0: Chowders. This is like basic stuff. Yeah,
1: of course, chowders. It's like one of those like 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 ethnic soups whose names I can't think of right now.
0: You know, I feel like those might be a little more on on a roach. Like they probably have some style of borscht all the time. I don't mm-hmm. feel like that's too difficult to make. But you know, if it's like a a cold soup that contains like raw fish and a pearl sure. from a specific type of oyster, maybe mm-hmm. that's you know only available on Thursdays.
1: Yeah, only every now and
0: again. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Come on down to the Suplex. Do they have? We like, got all the soups.
1: Like they they'd probably want to partner up with a bakery and have some specialty breads too, because like a lot of soups want a bread to dip.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's fair.
1: You want to make sure you've got good bread to go with your soup, and mm-hmm. like, but like, other than that, you don't. That's like a pretty low, low overhead type of place. Yeah, like the ingredients for soup aren't complicated. You can make some pretty good soups for not too much. You can make a lot of them. Yeah. The suplex. The suplex. Let's do it. All right,
0: we are giving up on board game design. We're going to become restaurateurs.
1: Restaurateurs.
0: Actually, I don't know if you can use the word restaurateur to refer to someone who started a all-you-can-eat soup buffet. but
1: Yeah, but it's we'll, a great
0: idea. We'll, it is. We'll work with it.
1: We're going to find an abandoned barn and put our suplex in there, because it's got to be huge. Yeah. It's got to be huge. Yep. The opposite of Donald Trump's hands. Right. Because they're small. They're tiny. Or dork. Minuscule. You could chop them up and they'd look like baby carrots in your soup. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: so were we talking about? M- memory games. <laughs> One that always jumps to mind when when we talk about this is uh, code names, and I think mostly just because it looks like the game of memory yeah. because you have tiles laid out in a grid. But uh, the the spy master role does have some crap to remember, mm-hmm. and it's actually the stuff that's hard to remember isn't what you need to know. It's not the words that you have to ex- you know describe mm-hmm. for your team. It's more for me anyway, the difficulty is more remembering what words are out there that are not yours. Like <laughs> I, I have this trouble where I, I I only I visualize just the words that I know I need to explain, but then I'll come up with a a descriptor that, you know, is great and and includes the words that our team needs to guess, but might also accidentally include words that the other team needs to guess that right. I just totally tuned out didn't remember they were there and then when they start guessing them it's too late i've already done the damage and i might i may accidentally give points to the other team sure i like codenames names a lot i do too
1: yeah the memory mechanics are kind of a funny one because they 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 slide in in a lot of places without feel, being a major presence you know
0: yeah i feel like a lot of what we are talking about i would not if, if it weren't the topic i mm-hmm. would hesitate to call it a mechanic or i would never even think to call it a mechanic in the first place i would just like oh yeah you have to remember stuff Mm -hmm. in that i think the nearest one we've talked to talked about where it's actually been intentionally a mechanic is is the uh the flipped over cards in space alert space
1: space 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 space. alert 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 Man, he looks so angry right now. <laughs> like, there's a little, there's a vein going on the side of his jaw. Like, usually it's the forehead you expect that on, but man, it's that jaw vein happening right now. So uh, this might be the my last podcast, depending on how that works out for him, but what were we talking about again?
0: Murder. Oh, murder. Right. I mean, memory games. Oh,
1: memory games. Yeah. Um, Do we have anything else really to say? I don't. Memory? Okay. We hit our time. Yeah, close enough. Okay. Do you want to call it good? It is good. I feel like there's a reference here. Nope. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> or or if there is, I, I was not making it intentionally. Legit. If you know what we just accidentally referenced, you could tell us on Twitter at Mildly Alarming.
1: You could tell us on the internet electronic mail motron at mildly show at com.
0: Or you could put your answer to the question that we didn't ask. In the comments on the website at mildlyalarming dot com,
1: or you could go to your nearest restaurant, put your face in somebody's bowl of soup, and blow. And uh, it's not going to help matters, but I'd I'd pay a little bit of money to see that happen. Yeah, like probably have some funny ramifications. Yeah,
0: make a real big mess. Yep, yeah. make that guy real mad. So we'll be right back after this, whatever comes next.
1: Bye. We'll miss you. This is a mildly alarming radio news breaking news break. I'm
0: Reginald St. Kevin. And I'm Chep Holstein. Good evening. In regional news, the North American Society for Tasty Yams, or Nasty, was disappointed today when nobody attended their Benefit Ululation Targeting Tachycardia, or... But, Executive Director David Carrot Supply said, quote, I just don't understand why nobody came to the nasty butt. It doesn't make sense. He then wiped a single tear from his cheek and flew off to the moon on his jetpack. And in local news, a protest was held
1: by the Crothman Community College Women's Club at the home of local man Lemuel Gulbonovus. The protesters condemned Gulbonovus' YouTube channel, Kitty Chat, in which Golbanovus plays a man who makes humorous phone calls to such fictional felines as Garfield, Heathcliff, and whatever that thing on Sabrina the Teenage Witch was called. It's Salem, Reg. He's a delight. Reached for comment, the protest's organizer said she was, quote, opposed to catcalling.
0: In science news, researchers have announced that, according to their calculations, presidential candidate Donald Trump's hands cannot actually be that small. According to the press release, the grotesque hobgoblin's hands defy all laws of space and time and do not have enough room in them for such as bones and also tendons. Studies of how he can possibly be that shade of orange are ongoing. In news news, reporters across the country
1: compose stories to tell you about things that happened. Some were constructed in an impartial, informative manner, while others indulged in fear-mongering and hyperbole.
0: And in personal news, I have a blister on my toe. It is uncomfortable. Slap a moleskin on it,
1: Chep. This has been your mildly
0: alarming radio
1: news breaking news break. I'm Reginald St. Kevin. And I'm Lemuel Galbonavis.
0: What, the kitty chat guy? I love those videos. Yes, I've been that guy the whole time. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Well,
1: just as Egyptian mummies rise from the tomb to plague mankind and devour grave robbers, the Mildly Alarming Podcast rises from commercials to be here. I'm Tom Rich.
0: And I'm Johanna Stouffer,
1: And we're real glad to have you back. We're real glad you stuck it out through whatever just happened. We don't know. It's all put in in post uh, by Lonnie, our stable boy. Yep. yep. He, uh, Lon Lonnie Keith. He, uh, he takes care of the animals out there in the barn and also does a lot of post-production work on the show and make sure the commercials get stuck in after the advertisers send them to us. Yep. So let's, uh, let's give it up for Lon Lonnie Keith uh, and his band. The Electric Dog Squad. Did you guys? Did you guys give it up? Did you guys give it up out there in in Radio Here's hoping. So I hope they did. They should, because they're pretty good. They do uh, post funk, fusion, jazz, banjo. Is their uh, their genre?
0: That's what they do. You can find them on SoundCloud. You could uh, uh, on Bandcamp. You could peep their SoundCloud if you wanted to. You, you could conceivably peep their sound cloud you could
1: it's an option but we're doing a brand new segment for you guys tonight not talking about lon lonnie keith anymore uh this new segment doesn't have a name yet we haven't come up with a good one yet for it because uh
0: we literally just made it up
1: no it's that's not why we it's plan why. ahead a lot That's not why that we don't have why. a name for it. we don't have a name for it because johannes doesn't believe in naming things
0: i don't think it's real
1: he doesn't think it's he doesn't think it's morally correct to name things he thinks all of the names have already been given out and who are we to name stuff now and it's like a thing he's been doing for a couple of weeks now and it's just listen leave some comments tell him it's okay to give things names because like someday he's gonna have a kid and he's gonna be like i'm not naming it i'm not gonna name that kid and it's just gonna be terrible
0: you know tom that's very rude of you i don't tell the listeners to leave comments contradicting your beliefs. Well, you know what? If I believe What if I was like listeners? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom thinks he's a real boy with I, you know but, but, the parts down there that boys have. But
1: I but but I am a real boy.
0: I leave am... a comment I, telling him he's not a real boy.
1: But but what are you implying? <laughs> Are, are are you suggesting that I'm smooth like a Ken doll? Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that where you're going with this?
0: Yeah. Damn. I believe that was actually one of the tags on the most recently released episode of the podcast. <laughs> uh, smooth. Like a Ken Like doll. a Ken doll.
1: Uh, so, anyway, this nameless segment, which we'll probably never repeat because it's not going to go very well. Uh <laughs> <laughs> is a, uh, a, a throwdown showdown between Johannes and I on topics chosen at random. So here's how it's going to go. Each of us has selected five uh, impromptu topics for the other guy.
0: I think selected is uh, not quite fair. We have randomly generated five <laughs> topics. Uh, guy number one is going to whip a topic at
1: guy number two. Guy number two is going to have to discuss that topic for one minute. It's just going to have to go. Provide a narrative, provide something on that topic for one solid minuto, which is Spanish for minute, I think. It's been a while since high school Spanish. But uh, then when the minute is up, the other guy, or the guy who was just talking, whips a new topic back at the first guy, who has to replicate and elaborate what the first guy did on his topic, but on the new topic. Got to expand upon. So that's how it works.
0: Heavily inspired by north south East Quest, which we played on the air some was, months ago. Which was,
1: incidentally, the north south East best storytelling game
0: we've played so far. Why don't so you North-South-East shut your stupid mouth? Because
1: that doesn't rhyme. It's a fair point. All right, so that's the plan. Uh, once we're done, once this episode goes to print at the printer so that you can read it, uh, we encourage you to vote on who did a better job and tell us that so that I will know... I will have uh, evidence that I'm superior to Johannes.
0: You're a stupid, stupid man.
1: Yes. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So, we're going to spin the ceremonial duct tape to see who goes first.
0: (laughs) And it looks like it's Johannes. That was the plan all along, wasn't it? What was? Well, we had this discussion before about how... A roll of duct tape is round and will not point in any direction yeah
1: but the uh, and you said
0: no just trust me i have a plan was the plan that it was just going to be me going first no matter what no because the plan was to go because
1: the duct tape's got an end and uh-huh. the end is pointing toward you so actually like, it's
0: pointing toward jack
1: yeah but like it's on your half
0: also there are two
1: ends yeah but they're both on your half no one of them's clearly on your half <laughs> that's not that's not that's not even an end there that's 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 not the end that's the bigger end no but it's not the end the end is the other end. Just admit this that you just don't want to go first. No, I don't. I I would go first if I had lost the ceremonial duct tape spin. You're an idiot. You're just
0: being a. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Tom got salty about how big a moron he is. He's a real dumb get, get, moron.
1: get salty about how you lose it duct tape spinning.
0: <laughs> You're so stupid, <laughs> good god. <laughs> freaking circus animal <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh give me my right. my word are, are we ready? doing this narratively are you that ready was to the th- plan sure are you ready to throw down showdown no i'm not i still need an answer to my question y- yeah yes yeah, it's,
1: so a we... it's, it's a narrative it's
0: a story it's a yeah i think okay all right, all right. let's
1: do it come on we got the plan yeah, we gotta go. go what's the there's word there's not a lot of time ready there's way
0: too much time but yes i'm ready <laughs> first word is exercise And go. Exercise. A story by Tom and Johannes. Once upon a time, there was a boy, or was he? No, he was a boy, (laughs) named Jerry. And Jerry was a little round boy, and he did not like to exercise. But after one fateful doctor's appointment, he was told that his peanut butter content in his blood <laughs> was well over acceptable limits <laughs> due to all of the Reese's peanut butter puffs he had been eating and so he had to do some exercise so he went to the gym to begin exercising uh, and he did begin to exercise upon the weight machines and the exercise bikes and yay even the treadmill Tom your word is face. Ready, set,
1: go. But because young Jerry was kind of a dim-witted little chubby boy, <laughs> he just plowed that treadmill up to full speed right oh. away, leaped on it and was launched face first through the plate glass windows of the uh, the gym, out into the street, ouch, where he plowed into the side of a passing peanut butter truck. Oh, no. And wound up dense, just d- d- drenched in peanut butter as all of the jars and the cans of peanut butter and the um flasks of peanut butter and all of the other peanut butter containers in there poured open because he hit with the force of a lot. He hit real hard. Uh And the peanut butter dumped out over his body and got into his blood. And that was how Jerry discovered that Jerry had superhuman endurance, but it was peanut butter related. So he was able to survive the plate glass and the truck impact because of it before, but now, having been drenched in the peanut butter, he was all but invulnerable uh, due
0: to the amount of peanut... He's like Superman but with peanut butter instead of sun. It bears mentioning that he has, also has to have turned that uh, on in reverse for it to have flung him forward through a plate glass window. We established Jerry is not very not a, Not a clever lad. Your word
1: for Jerry is texting. Texting?
0: Well, Jerry uh, discovered that his Superman-like peanut butter-infused strength uh, unfortunately did not include the power of flight because peanuts can't fly either. That just wouldn't make any sense. Um, So he still needed a way to get quickly around town because if you are imbued with with great peanut butter strength, what else is there to do with that strength but to fight crime? So he, he, he invested... Uh, some of his allowance in a police scanner so he could hear when bad things were happening. And he somehow also invested his allowance in a a, a moped that he used to get around. He didn't have a lot of money to invest. Uh, but one fateful day, as he was speeding to the scene of a crime, uh, he got a text from his buddy, uh, Geraldo Rivera. And while texting Geraldo Rivera back, hit a fire hydrant, which sent him hurtling through the air he's in midair oh good good luck with that (laughs) your word is cruelty go
1: and they say that impacting the concrete face first at 60 or 70 mile an hour is the greatest cruelty but it turns out (laughs) that it is not it is the heart of a woman scorned and jerry's first love was in fact the feet the person at whose feet he skidded to a stop he had broken her heart years before when he had invited her to the peanut butter festival <laughs> in Sasquatch Falls, New York, but left her at the bus station uh, because Jerry is heartless like that or was. And now she was robbing a bank at the time and she had Geraldo tied up in the vault. It was all a plan. It was all a plan by Juanita. Jerry's one true love to lure him into her trap and steal his peanut butter powers. She'd forced Geraldo to text him to draw him in, knowing that Jerry would go come too fast, knowing he would hit that fire hydrant because Jerry, as dumb as he is, is also deeply predictable.
0: It occurs to me that you are reusing each of the topics each new time, which had not been my intent, but oh, I will I will Did Oh, I? I maybe you weren't being intentional about it. You mentioned you've re-mentioned peanut butter. Oh, and face.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing it on purpose. Okay, I'm just, right. I just happened
0: to make some callbacks. All
1: right. Uh, your topic is burning our bridges.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Juanita, Juanita. <laughs> bank robbery. Man, I'm losing track here. Geraldo's in the vault. He's yeah. been captured by Juanita. Okay. Here we go. Burning our bridges. And so lying on his face, picking himself up from his horrendous I was going to say motorcycle, but it's not a motorcycle. It's a moped. <laughs> crash. Uh, seeing Juanita holding his good friend Geraldo Rivera hostage. He thinks, I could save my friend. or And I could try to mend my relationship with Juanita. And I could do those things. But right now, there are all these people around in the bank who are in danger. And it would just not be worth risking them to try to mend... My relationship with Juanita, I just need to end it once for once and for all. I'm going to burn that bridge. <laughs> and then because Jerry was not very intelligent and didn't, doesn't really understand, you know, turns of phrase like that, he set Juanita on fire <laughs> and then ran to the vault. Your word is helmets. Oh God
1: sprinting into the vault, desperate to free the people before what evil plan could come to fruition, Jerry skidded to a halt, <gasps> deeply confused, for there was no money in the vault. There was just rack upon rack of signed bicycle helmets. And as he looked upon them, Jerry was like, mm, I get it, but I don't. <laughs> Why would there be all of these helmets? And who signed them? And as he looked upon the helmets... He realized that they had all been signed by basketball great and round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley. And he thought to himself, these are probably somewhat valuable. Were I a villain, as the fair Juanita had been, I could swipe them. But it seems she has locked nobody in the vault. It seems this has all been full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And Geraldo is saved and Juanita is burnt to death. <laughs> And Jerry went back out into the street thinking, what does it all mean? I'm sorry. I thought I was going to get closer on that
0: one before the timer went. Oh, no. Your word is garage sales. Garage sales. Here we go. Where did, pausing the timer, where did Geraldo end up? He's, he's there. Okay. He's just around. You said he wasn't in
1: the vault. He, he wasn't in the was vault. No he's no just, one. he's just there. He's safe. Okay. Next to the ashes of Juanita.
0: <laughs> garage sales.
1: Yeah, I I thought I was getting there, but I lost it. Sorry. Yeah, this,
0: this, is, this is rough. Well, after that horrifying event, thankfully there were no news cameras around <laughs> because he just burned a woman to death. Jerry thought to himself, what am I going to do? I can't get around anymore. And last time I tried to exercise, that didn't work out real well. I'm going to need another moped or other mode of transportation to replace the one I just wrecked on that fire hydrant. Better start selling stuff to make more money. I guess I'll have a garage sale and I have all these bicycle helmets. I'll just set one up right here out front of this partially destroyed bank on the street. And so we began (laughs) to sell these signature covered bicycle helmets signed by the great Charles Barkley. It makes no sense at all. And he was making a killing though. Just so much money was he raking in from this garage sale, and I have set you up handily for your word, capitalism. Go. <laughs> that he
1: attracted the nefarious, tiny-handed attention of noted capitalist Donald Trump. Oh, no. Uh, a lawyer appeared upon the street almost immediately in a cloud of sulfurous smoke and handed young Jerry a, uh, a set of papers serving him legal notice that he had to stop selling his bicycle helmets in front of that bank because Donald Trump owned the patent on selling bicycle helmets in front of <laughs> banks. Uh, and Jerry said, you know, they're not bike helmets. They're actually basketball helmets. Ah. Uh, and the lawyer didn't buy it. He just, he just was having none of that. And he said, Jerry, you got to go. And so Jerry departed, head hung in shame, Wishing Geraldo had come with him, but Geraldo wanted nothing to do with him because Geraldo will not have anything to do with a failed capitalist. Because he's Geraldo. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> and now here was Jerry. Juanita was gone. Geraldo was gone. He'd made no money. He had no transport. And he found himself on the campus of Crothman Community College. Which hopefully sets you up for our finale, Campus Safety.
0: Actually, it's not quite the finale. You oh, have one more to go. Sorry. But Campus Safety. Campus here we go. Campus Safety. And as he was wandering across the campus of Crothman Community College, his great peanut butter strength ebbing every second he was away from his peanut butter that he needs for strength. But wearing a (laughs) bicycle helmet, a community college professor mistook him with his bicycle helmet for a member of the campus safety enforcement team and said... I see your helmet, but where is your Segway? You'd better get back to campus safety headquarters and get one. So Jerry, after being pointed in the correct direction, headed over there and they let him right in through the door because of his bicycle helmet, which is what all campus safety officers must wear. It is the badge of their office. (laughs) And he climbed onto a Segway scooter and there now had his own mode of transportation again and rocketed off to the community college cafeteria to spoon some peanut butter directly into his slavering maw to regain his strength (laughs) now the actual finale disappointingly essays go
1: and so jerry found himself a community college public safety officer he had all the peanut butter he could eat and he found friendship there at Croftman Community College in their public safety office. Now, Croftman Community College was right in, in, in a predominantly Hispanic section of town. And so mo- many of his fellow officers were, were of, of Mexican or Latin American origin. And uh, this was how Jerry came to become friends with all of these folks. And they were his... Hi. <laughs> Glad to have you back after, you know...
0: Some brief technical difficulties. Yeah, we
1: had a bit of a pause in the podcast machinery there for a second, and we learned something today. We
0: learned some things.
1: We did a uh, little research on the internet. It turns out that, you know, where I was about to take the podcast, the joke we were making at that point, is not, uh, not so much... And a a use of language that is generally acceptable, potentially. Potentially, we weren't sure. It turns out that the word "essay" used in the way I was about to use it on the uh, in in my my reference there may or may not be more or less equivalent to dropping the n-word all over the place. Uh, we did a little reading. Probably shouldn't go with the rest of that segment. Probably should just call it good there. My bad. <sighs> If
0: Urban Dictionary can be believed,
1: Urban Dictionary and a couple other sites, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it turns out that's not that's not so much the uh,
0: the polite way to uh, to use that term. But as as our motto goes here on the show, better safe than racist. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: that is the official motto of the Model Alarm Podcast: better safe than racist. It's
0: printed on all of our money. It's we don't have any money. I have it tattooed on my back. I have it tattooed on Tom's back. Yep. Uh, Which is
1: more useful for the Johannes than it is for me because I can't see my own back. But I do record shirtless and facing
0: away from him. (laughs) So, you know. Yeah.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good that way. It's handy for him. He remembers. That's why I usually forget.
0: Yeah. We tried to set up a complex system of mirrors so Tom could see the tattoo on his own back. but It wasn't very helpful because he can't read. No, I don't know how to do that. Uh, That reading that you, you speak of. Uh so it's been fun yeah it's been great have a good night everyone uh if you want to contact us about <laughs> our 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 near brush with internet justice <laughs> uh you could do that on twitter at mildly alarming you can uh you can hate us by email at mildly alarming show at gmail.com You can flame us in the comments on the website at www.MildlyAlarming.com or on Facebook.com slash MildlyAlarmingShow. You can hear us narrowly avoid saying horrible things by the skin of our teeth on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, or on the website via RSS.
1: Or you can just be, by virtue of being a better person than, than we are collectively, mm. uh, you probably don't really need to bother communing with us. You've, you've got better things to do, like helping blind orphans cross the street to a soup kitchen where they serve a suplex, f- a suplex where they serve free soup meals to underage kittens who just need a leg up in life.
0: And our listeners are real, like, philanthropists.
1: Yeah, they're they're great people. We really enjoy the company of our readers. They're kind and good-hearted.
0: Thanks for being you. See you next week. Toodles. And now, excerpts from the research notes of Professor Hyman Turtlebacker. July
1: 10. I have arrived at the first stop on my sabbatical and hope to finally make progress on my research. Naturally, the mongrel idiots at the university failed to provide me with adequate funding. Or a car. So I have been reduced to hiring an undergraduate to ferry me to the various libraries, archives, and museums that I must visit. But it will all be worthwhile when I have the material
0: to- Hey, Doc! Check out this weird dog! Chad. I said not to interrupt- get off of there! But there's a saddle on it. What are we doing here anyway?
1: My boy, you are in for a rare treat. This is the world's largest collection of world's largest objects. Now get down! Fine. But what's so big about that dog with a saddle? It's the world's largest saddle on a dog, obviously. Now come on! Whoa! Look at all this stuff! Look at that thing! It's off the chain! Well, it is the world's largest sign that's
0: fallen off of its chain. Now hurry up! We need to find one particular exhibit! I thought you were like a science prof or something. What are you looking for in this weird museum? Genius, my boy. I'm looking for genius. The very thing that will make my name in the world.
1: Is that genius? No. That's the world's largest nipple piercing. And probably the world's largest nipple, though there isn't a sign for that.
0: Weird. Hey, look at that. The world's largest popped collar. Put it back. This road trip sucks. You are being remunerate,
1: remunerate, remunerate paid in a perfectly fair manner, you ignorant, ah, 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 here it is. What, that? Yes, that, that indeed. That? Yes, chod, you slapdash pellicate, that, the world's largest cat hair. It's... Of course it's big. It's the biggest. There's no cat hair bigger anywhere. I can barely get my arms around it. You got short arms though, prof. Let me try. No, child, wait. It's very delicate. Uh, Dear God, you've broken the world's largest cat hair in half.
0: Nah, bro. I never even touched it. You were the one hugging it or whatever. Never mind that, Chod. We have to go before security catches us.
1: Run! Oh, I swear I should leave you here as an exhibit. The world's largest ignoramus. When we get back, I'll have you expelled, you half-witted, fool-hearted...